Welcome to the Cran. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Sarah. You go first. Okay. Welcome to the Cran. <laughs> I'm Sarah, and um, don't fob me off. <laughs> and I'm Angela, and I am far too much of a softy. And I'm Dustin. <laughs> Dustin is our special guest today, um, who is here to give us his knowledge and his opinion. As both a, a, a fellow um, crown enthusiast and as a listener of our first episode. So he's going to, as he was doing so beautifully before we realized we weren't actually recording, give us some constructive feedback on episode one. And you were just in the middle of reminding... Podcast episode one, not not the crown. Podcast episode, episode one, yes. And this mm. is, we're going to be, after Dustin gives us our recap of the recap, we'll be um, talking about episode three, fairy tale. Please go ahead, yes. Dustin. <clears throat> uh, I just want to remind uh, us all and listeners who do not know that uh, this call is coming from inside the house, so to speak, inside <laughs> uh, the former Crownlands. So we have New York, New Jersey, and Hong Kong on the line. So I think we are in the best position to triangulate uh, intel on the crown, the crown. Um, yeah, so what I was saying off the top and what I will say again for those of you who weren't in on the non-recorded first take, is that I feel like this show, um, much more in season four than seasons one through three, for, for me, should start with a disclaimer that says, you know, that this is not a true story. Um, and some other people have said that. And the reason for that is that previously on the Quran, uh, there were seasons uh, that involved periods that weren't as heavily documented as they are now. Um, and that as we get closer and closer to the events that shape, uh, you know, our day-to-day -day lives, obviously all the politics from seasons one through three have shaped our modern society as well. But um, this is now a period that we three at least have um, lived in and experienced. Um, and it's a period that's been documented so closely, not just by, you know, formal scripts and, you know, dinner invitations and, and things and, and, and formal portraits, but, you know, paparazzi and um you know private letters that have been published and aired you know telephone recordings so in a way, and you things think, like that you would that. think it would be even like the most accurate because there seems to be the most uh Scrutiny. saved footage and you know yeah. written and recorded history but so okay well, yeah. my question is for you because so at this point so we've only seen the first three episodes mm -hmm. and Angela and I's, I feel like Angela and I have kind of equal knowledge. I think Angela's, I think I'm the lowest with the historical knowledge. Angela's above me, but not like crazy high above me. And you are like pretty. The true Anglophile. The true Anglophile. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I just, I think I, cause I grew up in Europe. That's probably, yeah. it's a lot easier for me to have uh received more news from a broader range of media outlets maybe than in the u.s totally yeah closer sure. to closer to home so. um so my 
let's talk. I want you to talk about if you, if you and will. I do also love Britain. So <laughs> <laughs> the thing, anything that we um, sort of questioned or talked about in the podcast that you were like, no, this is this is wrong. You have this is what it was supposed to be or something like that. And then also, especially for for um, episodes. Let's just stay, stay on one and two before we get into three. Um, like what has stood out to you as being like just so completely wrong historically? And like, I mean, is it the I feel like the things that would anger me the most is this is very wrong historically and it doesn't seem necessary to the plot or, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Things that are inaculate and that don't. <clears throat> Like it seems like they the could have totally along. kept it accurate. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. well, I think that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, please. I was just going to say that I think that the certainly the family, the firm has, I guess, or their representatives have made it really clear that this is not a documentary, and that there are lots of historical inaccuracies, and and maybe the Netflix people have made it clear that this is inspired by you know real events and i mean obviously they're using real names of real people and like you said a lot of these people are still alive so um and i think that for me i'm coming to this as an american as someone who loves so-called period costume drama and so i love looking and good at tv interiors it's also good... and good drama yes yeah. and good tv and so i'm looking at the beautiful interiors and the wardrobe and yes and following the drama and now that it is sort of approaching time periods that I have actual memories of and I actually have been having these conversations with my mother about Margaret Thatcher because I'm like oh my god Julian Anderson seems like she is playing this so hard is you know from your memory being an adult in the 80s do you remember margaret thatcher this way but we can we can talk about that when we get to it but i just thought yes it's important to make the disclaimer that we know that this is not a documentary and also that i'm coming at this as you know an american who loves who is fascinated by the royal family and who loves good tv and beautiful beautiful production but it sounds like dustin's having a really hard time watching it that way okay i understand <laughs> and you're coming I'm, at it as as, and also as a curmudgeon and we all have this history also as as um like super fans of down downton abbey yeah. um, i almost said downton abbey i'm sorry please forgive me downtown, <laughs> downtown abbey downton abbey um you know so we have that history together of, of enjoying another kind of totally fictionalized you know Mm. british upper class situation but go ahead dustin i think when we had our downton abbey viewing party that's the last time i wore my tuxedo such a shame i wouldn't call myself a super fan by the way i i certainly didn't finish uh downton abbey and i think i stopped watching after maybe season two so um after season two really i think like that they were like a ship has gone down. It's called the Titanic. And I was like, I'm done. Um, girl, that was episode <laughs> but, one. That was episode one. one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Season well, one, episode I, one. <laughs> I, I feel, my devotion is to, um, I mean, it, it was a beautiful looking show. And I really like Gosford Park, which is the same writer, um, which I just thought was really tight and beautifully written kind of whodunit. 
and I've watched all of Maggie Smith's clips on YouTube, and <laughs> I feel like that gives me all the satisfaction yes. I need. So marvelous. Okay, but back to the crayon. Oh, sorry, the crayon. Um, so in terms of like things that are like blatantly wrong, there's just like some um, there's historical inaccuracies, for example, that like Mark Thatcher went missing at the same time as um, the uh, confrontation in the Falklands was uh, escalating. And that's that's not true. Like, I, huh, I know wait. that. And remember, hmm? episodes one, two and three only. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened in episode one, two, three. Um, so maybe I'll keep it vague. Um, episode uh... three ended with the with everyone leaving for the wedding of Charles and Diana. Okay. okay. And as far I as see. Margaret Thatcher, she had only by that point. I don't think she was in episode three. She was in episode two. She had gone to uh, Balmoral and she left early and fired and replaced her cabinet. And that's all. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. and there and the there had been that assassination of Mountbatten, Dickie. Okay, yeah. well then then I think I have to be careful what I say because I, I I haven't really parsed out what what's happening when and where, and they certainly haven't managed to stick to history that way. But I mean, it, it's pretty clear like where the shows. Um, allegiances lie, even though they're very critical of certain members of the of the royal family but for example this this uh you know the assassination of lord mountbatten 13 gone and not forgotten mm-hmm. um you know they they play this uh press statement if you will from the provisional irish republican army um over you know scenes of charles reading the eulogy <clears throat> at uh lord mountbatten's funeral and like um they they don't they don't go into it's interesting because the show is called the crown and it's all about um the crown and the things that you do for the crown and the things that the crown stands for it is also about the queen mm-hmm. first and foremost and her family but it's interesting that they don't they don't go into britain's history as an imperial power you know and what has been done in the name of the crown and that is where the assassination of Lord Mountbatten came from. I mean, it's it's the, the occupation of Ireland. Um, it's the partition of Northern Ireland and the Irish Republic. It's Bloody Sunday. Um, you know, and Lord Mountbatten, um, he, what was he? Lord Mountbatten of Burma? I think that was his, like, uh, that's a shortened form of his title like just he he was the person who oversaw the partition between pakistan and the crown uh, sorry mm. pakistan and and india mm-hmm. like he's you know when you're talking about the crown and and everything that it's you know as me sitting in hong kong here and you sitting in the united states it's strange that they hone in on the family so closely when mm-hmm. you know also when you go back the tudors and things like that like people who are still related to the current family, but the current family is Saxe-Coburg, like a German family. And then you have Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark, you know, like how they're all kind of interrelated and everybody was related to Queen Victoria and things like that. But you were mentioning in the last uh, episode, uh, Goldstick, the name of one oh, of the yeah. episodes, I think episode two, you didn't you didn't think that was a good title or you didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. Um and two things there. One is when, when that episode opens, 
um, you see the queen wearing her military regalia. Well, that's and episode she's at one. Her... Oh, episode one. Okay, so she's but she she's at her birthday, um, and that's that's called trooping of the color. And for me, that represented like how even on her birthday, you know, she's so duty bound, like who on their birthday wants to like sit on a horse for like an hour and have people like marching up and down and like saluting her and she just has to sit there, you know, like that's not really Mm -hmm. anyone's idea of a birthday party, but it has great tradition. And she, as we know, um, is not a stickler for tradition necessarily, but she understands her responsibility for upholding those um, values and those mm-hmm. traditions and gold stick at the same time so gold stick is a very old office um, and it was held by Lord Mountbatten and it's basically a personal it's a ceremonial position and it's a personal um, bodyguard basically to the queen um, and there's there's so gold stick is one there's silver stick and there's a very funny position called stick in waiting which I mm. really love <laughs> I am a stick in waiting for her majesty I'm and dusted one day and I'm stick in waiting will you exactly. one day graduate up to be the gold stick then? <laughs> no I think stick in waiting is when like you're not necessarily attending to the queen like just waiting, waiting for it's the like lady in waiting like you're just mm-hmm. waiting yeah and interestingly um the office of Goldstick is now held by the Princess Royal, actually. So by by Princess Anne. But why was the episode called Goldstick? Because it's about him, and when you see that scene in the in the Trooping of the Color, he's he's behind her, he's mm-hmm. beside her, and that that whole episode is about Lord Mountbatten. Yeah. And he was Goldstick. Mm-hmm. Um. So that they, that was his. Did they ever mention that, like anything like that in the? episode no i mean there's a there's there's a lot a lot of the episode names are just like they're almost like code names for like mm-hmm. operations you know operation gold stick operation fairy tale or whatever and i like that i think it's really nicely done because it implies the major machinery and machinations that are happening behind the scenes um for these things i mean Mountbatten famously like you know jostling to make sure that uh his family was given you know prominent position and things like that, but so, uh, so the but again, like historically, the office of Goldstick, I think, goes back to uh, the Tudors, maybe like to the seventeenth century. So, um, I, I just think it's interesting that we're that we're focusing so closely on these uh, family dramas, and that uh, you know the the context to how that family operates and why it operates the way it does whether it's diverging from that narrative or sticking to the narrative or somewhere in between is not really gone into and that's something you could go into in a, in a relatively neutral way because i know a lot of the royals now obviously are not pleased with how their family is being portrayed um inaccurately or even you know even if it is true in some instances it is still you know private but they are a public family so there you have it but um I feel like they the show could go much more into uh, the operation of the crown and the figurehead position of the crown, and that would be kind of more objective rather than subjective, uh, rather than blatant fiction. Which I mean, there's a couple of things I would go into, but I'll I'll wait until you've caught up on some of the other episodes. All right. Well, should we start our fairy tale recap? 
Let's start. So the episode starts with us waiting for, well, we don't know. We see all of the women sitting around waiting. We don't know what they're waiting for at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and the very first thing that I wrote down in my notes was a mouse in the palace. So that little mouse runs by when the when they show um the queen mother sitting around waiting. Did you notice that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did not notice. They that. make a point of it. I mean, they they make a point of like um, portraying the palace as a little being this like drafty, yeah. kind of damp pr- prison almost. Yeah, like just kind of you know you know paint peeling from the walls. And I think it it was probably in rather bad shape, certainly like during the austerity of the, you know, post-war period. I don't think there was a lot of money for upkeep of Buckingham Palace or any of those palaces or castles. Yeah. Um, And that, sorry, just to interject, that's something I thought was really uh, interesting about how they show the Spencer family, because like when Charles, sorry, you've seen that part, right? Yeah, the very first episode, right? (laughs) Where, Where he goes to visit her sister right Sarah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right so like she is waiting for him in this rather like you know large grand looking estate but then you have the contrast to Diana who's like driving around in like a little fiat or something and sharing a flat in like a shoddy you know dingy area of London by by all accounts at that point and it just goes to show that like part of London full of uh, prostitutes and Australians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> so funny. And um, I do know that she that that apartment was like purchased for her by her mother. That's like some some bit of factual information I found out somehow on some other podcast. Oh, interesting. So she so Diana oh, she she was the landlady, but they of course portrayed it like uh, yeah. four single girls living in this flat and sharing the rent, but yeah. it was Diana owned that apartment. Well, she does say something in the I think is the first episode when she's talking to Philip um, when they go stalking about being a landlady and like, yeah, she, oh, she but I actually, Donna, but Donna. I actually didn't take that. Yeah. Literally <laughs> when she was saying it, but yeah, it is. She, a, and then there's all these mentions of her like cleaning for being her sister's like cleaning lady basically. But then you're like, but yeah, I mean, she's yeah. also, she's a kid, you know, she's supposed mm-hmm. to be like 16, 17, 18, yeah. something like that, probably mm-hmm. 18, I guess, if she has her license. Um, but it's interesting just to show, you know, even if her mother does own the apartment, presumably Diana wasn't paying rent, but she still has to rent out maybe two bedrooms or three bedrooms in order to make money. And I, it just, for me, was a little bit of an emphasis on how a lot of these families have land necessarily or a house or something but how much money gets sucked into those and how um you know if you break a single pane of glass at uh buckingham palace or something you can't just go to like a glazer and have like a a little piece of glass replaced like it's a it's a listed building it's grade one like everything you know it's very expensive to replace even just shingles on a roof you can't just do a patch job so they're they have things but they're not they're they're wealthy in land and privilege and titles and things like that, but not necessarily in in cash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so the same with Buckingham Palace and all of those responsibilities and things like that. Although I think Buckingham Palace isn't actually owned outright by the family the way like Balmoral is. I don't think it's a family property. Um, 
Well, going back to just that the mouse, <laughs> the mouse, and then the but the phone call scene. I I really liked the way that was done. The way it cut back and forth to being Charles talking to his mom, and then the mom relaying to either Margaret or Anne or the Queen Mother, and them yeah. just being like, ah. But then oh, when they all oh, say ah, oh, oh yeah, and Anne's and like, they're different ways. And then yeah, Anne's like ah, like she says it, but she's like ah, yes. oh. typical Anne, classic Anne. Yes. <laughs> At first, Here I for it. They were all on the same call, but of course, you know, I figured it out. Like, okay, they're having this is this is cutting across time, and there these are separate calls going on. Yeah, but they're all they were all sitting waiting, there anxiously waiting. Yeah. The women, you know, waiting for the news, and and even yeah, just and the d- way he says like the first line, he's like, "I did it." Like it sounds like like put the dog to sleep or some uh-huh. kind of like horrible task that he was uh-huh. ex- expected to do, and. and just calling to let you know it happened like it's just uh, this yeah. this episode was bleak i have to say it's and i watched Charles it twice bleak and it ended with him being bleak well and diana being bleak. i mean it was hard it got harder and harder to watch i mean basically like the first time you see that spiral staircase mm-hmm. you are i just wrote down like okay diana's starting to spiral here we go and they oh, kept going back forever. to it Mm-hmm. And her going down to that kitchen, and that's a great observation. But at first, she's thrilled. She's riding home in her little Fiat, blasting "Upside Down" by Diana yeah. Ross. <laughs> Diana Ross, <laughs> and she goes into her flat, and all of her yeah. roommates are assembled. I've noticed the beautiful sconces on the walls mm-hmm. when they are they're all standing outside their respective bedrooms, all dressed similarly, like in oh, a yeah. dress with a cardigan yeah any and of then, them could have been like right Princess Diana, yeah. i know and, <laughs> yeah and then throughout the episode because i always watch with closed captioning mm. those roommates never have names they're just called girl one girl two and girl three yeah so i wonder why that is but well anyway they squeal and they're just like your typical fun 20 year old girlfriend and then they all go out and well and then they go to celebrate. paris but they go to paris for her um bachelorette party or whatever it is right well first they did the drive-by by the by the palace they go to paris i thought that was like the arc de triomphe no i thought no no, they just did a drive-by by by the palace really i was totally getting a paris vibe (laughs) no i don't think they went to paris i think they just drove i mean that would make more sense that they're not like rich enough to do that i guess or that would be like such a big deal yeah. But I totally thought it was Paris. Um, okay, but yes, their little um, bachelorette party where they're having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And then the episode goes downhill from there. <laughs> and then the box of chocolates, yeah. as the queen calls the ring selection. The one that she... So why did she... Did she reject that first ruby? Was that a ruby? Because the guy was just about to give her a whole story about... Right. I know I was actually a little confused by the queen's response with that like I when her answer for why did what when she's the second one she picked I thought it was a lovely answer it reminded her of her mother's ring and it matched her eyes I mean mm-hmm. those seem like great reasons <laughs> I mean but like and then to have some and then it's like right after yeah because then it's like right after that they not to her face saying it but you hear the queen saying you know she's just so young and I don't know, to me, that didn't seem like a, I don't know, it, 
I was sort of like, I, that's how I would have picked it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, think they were... I guess the historical, no- I and and I think I would have been interested in this historical knowledge as well, but that she just didn't care about. I think they were trying to show that she didn't understand the weighty symbolism, you know, like yeah. all those kinds of portraits and but like, then it's also know, like why give her get why give her the choice of either doing a historical symbolic ring or a new ring that you buy like if it's really but, like is this like another test like if it's really that important then I don't think it was another test but I think they were trying to you know actually give her a choice but also give her a little bit of the background but there I mean it's a scene right like we don't know if I don't actually know if this actually happened or anything, but what they're trying to emphasize is that she is more guided by the emotions of a teenager Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, she's about to enter into this, you know, holy union with the, um, you know, the heir to the throne and what all of that means. She's like, oh, I like this one because it reminds me of my mother's ring and my eyes are blue as opposed to like, this is a ring with a rare gem from the farthest flung valley in, in, you know, wherever of the British empire on which the sun never sets. And she's like, nah, I'm good. This one has like the color of my eyes. So cute. Yeah. And why do you think they decided to have, why does, why do you think they decided to have Charles accuse her of just choosing it because it was the most expensive, but how would she even know? He's he's not not accusing her. He's just, not accusing. Ugh. I mean, he laughs it off. He he just says like, yeah, it's uh, his yeah, idea of a joke. It's one. like a stupid male joke. It's but just... they know that she. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I don't. I mean, appreciate a, that. a straight male joke. Uh, still don't appreciate that. Um, and I do want to get into some of the anti-feminism of the Crown BT dubs. Um, but I think he laughs it off. But he's just pointing out that it is the most expensive. And, you know, they've given her a selection. She's gone for the most expensive one. All right. So then she shows well, then up. We, the, we do oh. get the line of, um, um, oh, the, you know me, I'm too much of a softie. Yes. When her, like, is it her oh, secretary oh, who's oh. asking her to do the teaching? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Although when they do get into the teaching, it is very extensive and I while I was watching that scene with the you know horrible grandmother (laughs) but while I'm watching that scene I'm like or those several scenes I was thinking of course how could the queen have ever done this of course the queen shouldn't have done this because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff yeah the queen doesn't have time for that it might have been really good for their relationship though queen doesn't care or no I guess not yeah but her reason I'm too much of a (laughs) softie Yeah, and her her secretary is just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, just ask her granny. Yeah. So, do you know anything, Dustin, about the real granny? Uh, I know that the family has said, like, that's she wasn't like cold or forbidding or anything like that. She wasn't like this kind of school marm, and they. That's one of the things I think Diana's brother, I read an interview with him where he's like, that's really not fair. Like, you know, God bless my grandmother, like in the ground and you're making her seem like she was this like stern, almost social yeah, climbing she's... taskmaster. Yeah, that, that character wasn't. is That must the be worst. so hard. <laughs> like poor Charles Spencer. Um, 
just like seeing his sister and then like his grandmother. I mean, I wouldn't like I wouldn't watch oh. it if I was him. But I think how could you resist though? I mean, even the Queen watches the Crown. Like, do we know, know that for to... sure? Yeah, yeah, she's seen it. Hmm. They've all seen it. I think what's interesting about um, what is his name? <laughs> Harry. I was going to say Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry and Meghan. Meghan. Meghan Markle. Yeah, Megan's just, just Megan. Megan, and he his name is Henry. Oh, by the way, I learned that. Oh, that is, that's oh. his official name, but Harry well, is have... just his nickname. Oh, interesting. Well, they they have a deal with Netflix, so they have a non disclosure agreement, and they can't talk about Netflix. Um, so they're not allowed to say what they think about the show. <laughs> so wow, they can't make any podcast about Netflix shows. What they can't talk about Netflix. They can't like, say the word Netflix. Yeah, they're getting you, Netflix they're, checks. They're get their big check is coming from Netflix, and when you take the big money, you gotta you gotta toe the line. That's okay. your job. It's your duty. That's as, your duty. But we don't later. work for Netflix. Duty. <laughs> what is our duty? Oh, true story. Yeah. I want to say something really quickly, just um, because I felt like I. Uh, just put that out there but the there's there's something that really bothers me about and i know this will be coming in in later episodes but about margaret thatcher um Mm -hmm. you know she makes this point of like you know women they're so emotional and Mm -hmm. you know prince phillips is like that's the last thing yeah and the last thing we need is two women in charge and Mm -hmm. you know things like that but then they start to portray margaret thatcher as extremely emotional um and you'll see it coming in the next episodes as well. I, I'd like to touch on that again once you've okay. uh, seen some 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 other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we never really ever see the queen as being emotional. Well, that's I mean, like, because the queen's like, like oh, the... who does that remind you of? <laughs> right. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, I like the way Olivia Coleman plays her because Claire Foy, I thought, did such a beautiful job, but was clearly like this kind of deer in headlights. And Olivia Coleman portrays her as a woman who's kind of, you know, she's she's been in the role for a long time now. She's seen so many prime ministers coming and going, which is what I liked about the tick, tick, tick scene, too, that you guys spoke, you people um, spoke about last time. <laughs> uh, I was told guys is out, out, out. People is a little so for, aggressive as for, well. I feel forgive like. me, you people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sorry. Um, uh, I'm just of a generation where guys is still accepted. So forgive me if I slip I, up. I, I see. How about you too? <laughs> that you too spoke about last time. I like the tick, tick, tick because it, 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 it was annoying to Margaret Thatcher, obviously, not that it actually happened, but um, in, in that way. But I think it indicates how much she's been through, you know, and that she's just, she's been through so much drama, starting with the ascension to the throne, if not earlier. And, you know, she, she just knows that she puts a different weight on things. You know, she knows that the cabinet is going to get reshuffled. She knows that Margaret Thatcher is not going to stay in office forever, you know? So she's just mm-hmm. not necessarily, like she makes a little, she makes a little game out of it. Yes. But I think, I don't know. It just shows it shows a different side of her that she's kind of come into her own, and I, I kind of like that. But you were saying you you're disagreeing that it was a game to her. I was I I mean I took a little bit of issue like saying that you know the whole thing is a game to her and that she um, doesn't necessarily care about um, that she doesn't care 
like what people are actually going through. I don't think that that's the thing at all. I think she's just had such a burden on her. You know, she has immense privilege and things like that, but she's done her duty. And I think she expects other people to do their duty. And I think she, I think she is very empathetic, but th this brings me back to like showing her like kind of, um, what were you saying? Like kind of emotionless and mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that I was taking issue with Margaret Thatcher being displayed as kind of like beholden to her, you know, womanly emotions. Um, I think like the, the disaster at Aberfan was one where they really got it wrong trying to show the queen as like just desperately trying to show some kind of emotion because mm -hmm. she doesn't know how. I don't think that that was true. I think what they're doing is like retroactively starting this kind of foreshadowing of how cold she was perceived to be after Diana died. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of that kind of foreshadowing in this season, right? Like, um, well, I mean, the the don't fob me off part or basically when Diana is just trying to get through to her on the phone. Yeah, that yeah, I really thought that was going to be successful when she said too. this wedding can't happen. Yeah, I, I thought, really oh, thought... they're going to get the queen on the phone. Right. Yeah, away. And they don't. At least in the yeah. scene. They yeah. Did not. So I mean, so I they... was just. Can we. Yeah. Let's talk about. Yeah, let's get back. OK, so. um. So then they have this curtsy scene where she Ugh. has to learn how to curtsy in 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 order. I feel like there's a lot of things you have to memorize if you haven't been born. Although she was a lady, she's the lady Diana Spencer, so she must have some. Yeah, well, she like she must have she been like in knew on it some ish. of these ceremonies. She like kind of knew what she was supposed to do, but you know, in that episode, in that scene, I mean, I actually liked the royal family in that scene. I felt like they were, it was a nice combination of them being themselves, you know, uh, Princess Margaret is like, you interrupted me, and she's like being a bitch, basically, but like, whatever, that's who she is, but they were kind of like laughing at her, of like, oh, nope, nope, don't do that person next, and it was, I felt like a combination of, you know, like, yes, this is serious, and you must do it, and there's no getting around it, but also, they didn't seem like so so very offended they're just like oh no you do this next you do that like i, I it was right. like a little laugh they were laughing playful. with her in a way not it didn't feel like at her like or like angry with her right because she had already charmed them they already liked her they were already she was already accepted but it was just this moment and i guess maybe i read about that like months ago when people were talking about season four that there was going to be this moment of like getting the curtsies right and as granny tells her you know this is complicated and then because now you have to curtsy to everyone but soon after the it's wedding people will have to curtsy to you and you have to like yeah. learn in a different way but there was so. a different vibe though i think there was basically this these episodes two and three the stark contrast was like episode two we don't see any of this awkward curtsying like she must have had to curtsy to them in episode two when she went to the mm -hmm castle with them but all we see is them like laughing at her, her like laughing at her jokes and you know kind of embracing her and then episode three it's like actually like we don't care about you yeah <laughs> um well, but it well. starts with this scene where it's not we're not quite at we don't care about you we're not answering the phone but um i don't know it's just a different yeah. you're it's setting you up for like this is a different 
going to be a different experience with the family. Mm-hmm. And when Margaret says, this was one of my other favorite lines of the episode when she's regaling everyone about her, with her story of Imelda Marcos wanting to show everyone that her shells, her seashells. And then she says, and then we, everyone decanted into a convoy of limousines. <laughs> I love the, uh, the whole phrasing of that. Decanted. Into, into a convoy, a convoy of limousines. Oh, that's limousines. beautiful. I love it. I wrote it. that yes. down. Yes. I, that is an aspiration of mine. One day uh, to have a whole group of people decant. Po- Post pandemic, we're all going to decant <laughs> to a convoy of limousines. Decant, like fine wines yes. that we are. Right? Like, who, who knew that people could decant? That, uh, that opens up a whole new world for me. So, yes. And then there's the betrothal announcement. Whatever love means. Yeah. I was very fixated Ugh. on Diana's, like, sideways. I'm very distracted by their posture, yeah. both of them. And I understand that the actress, who's the, what's the actress's name? Everyone's been so thrilled about the casting. But anyway, mm. the way that she has to do that special Diana, like, literal side eye like there's we'll get to it but that scene when she has lunch with camilla oh my god the side eye game was like amazing but here she's like doing that like side doe eye they both have that weird like crooked well and she also like goes into him like she nuzzles into him i think that's like the most affection we've seen at all but Mm -hmm. yeah it is her presence in front of the press is an interesting mm-hmm. it's very it's very shy yeah. and she's not shy really in general but it's under I mean it's understandable like there's all these people talking at you you and you're not you haven't grown up doing this like Charles mm-hmm. has and she has to look very interested in what everyone's saying so she keeps going mm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, and just moving her head around and, and this kind of doughy yeah. So like manner. So I mean that <clears throat> has anyone Dustin <laughs> have you watched the actual <laughs> scene of that um because that is like isn't that supposed to be pretty verbatim that whatever love means line isn't that real uh, I don't know about that but possibly yeah it's pretty cutting yeah, yeah, but you know when her friend yeah it's cutting it but I also feel like because you know what's coming it's very cutting but when her friend does say, like, oh, he's just probably nervous, didn't really know what to say. I mean, I can kind of see that side of the argument. It's it's not, it is a sort of vague, embarrassed thing to say when, and talking about love is embarrassing, especially if you're British and you don't talk about such things. <laughs> right, we don't talk about such things, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah you know. I see it's possible if we didn't already know that he was already in love with someone else. Yeah, exactly. And that and what's to come basically. Speaking mm-hmm. of someone else, a funny side note. Do you know how um Camilla Shand, Camilla Parker Bowles got engaged? Do you know that story? To Mr. Bowles? Yes. <laughs> um why are you asking I... her and not me? Uh, I'm asking both of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, first of all, and was in an earlier season. <laughs> not give anything away. Yeah, I know, it's like I don't know. <laughs> And now Sarah. <laughs> no, both of you. Uh, no. I don't think I do. My answer is no. no. <laughs> the answer either way is no. It's just a funny story because basically um, 
Well, that's that's an inaccuracy I can mention actually. Uh, that um, that uh, prin- the, uh, Princess Anne was dating. What's his name? Andrew Parker Bowles. Oh yes, Andrew Bowles. Yes, that's yeah, right. Andrew. Princess so, Anne was dating him first. That was in season two or three. So Princess oh. Anne did actually date him, um, but like way before—not way, but like a ways before Charles um, started dating Camilla. And Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles—they um, were like in this on again, off again relationship forever. And it was when they were off again that she started dating Charles. And then, like, by all accounts, it seems... Well, one interesting thing there is that Princess Anne, like, really liked Andrew Parker Bowles, and he is the godfather, I think, to her daughter. And they're still really close, but he's Catholic. Mm -hmm. So there was never a question that she could marry him. Like, Mm -hmm. no way. Um, So that, that I think, was never really in the cards. But um, the engagement is funny because apparently, like, for years, like, Camilla and I want to say Andrew um, were, like, faffing about, basically, like, on again, off again. And their parents, more than, like, the royals conspiring against Charles marrying Camilla, it was her her father and his father that really wanted this match made. So they hatched this plan where they basically announced the engagement not basically they did they announced the engagement of camilla and andrew in the newspapers what and so the... then she oh basically had to propose to camilla and she was she they were in love i think by all accounts like i think she really so loved him like he um but so yeah they were just like enough of this nonsense you children like time to get married it's in the paper it and must just, be done it's in the paper and he was like oh well i guess um do you want to get married uh Oof. yes 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 a thousand times yes um oh, but, yeah. oh golly oh gosh <laughs> yeah oh, this is also sudden <laughs> i oh, read it in the man. papers just this morning um but yeah kind of kind of wild God, weird and i think anyway that just apropos one of, well and one of the reasons the family didn't want charles to marry her was is because they wanted him to marry like a confirmed virgin right or pretty much which is one of the reasons why diana as a little 19 year old like they were pretty sure that she was a virgin but camilla had had boyfriends she had been dating charles and it was like no she's not a virgin you can't marry her well i think it was also like she dated so many people not so many but i think she was like very outgoing and very public about her dating right i don't think it was necessarily that you need to be a virgin but like somebody who didn't have quite so much to appear that visibility are and I think she was very much like out on the town. A good town girl. So, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> the Duchess of no, Cornwall. I just get that from <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the new Housewives of Salt Lake City. One of them is oh. accused the other one of being a good town girl good at, at uh, whatever that Mormon school is. And she was like, What? <laughs> You're ruining my life. I was not a good time girl. <laughs> I <laughs> love this as Camilla. Girl. Duchess of Cornwall's like biography. <laughs> Duchess of Cornwall, a, a good, good time, time girl. girl. <laughs> a memoir. <laughs> Jeez. Um. Okay, so, uh, Charles leaves, and he's like, "Mrs. Parker Bowles is the best company." That. Mm. Ugh. What the? Hell? So many slaps. Why doesn't he just slap her in the face? I feel like. <laughs> wow. Um, and then, like, well, why don't you go hang out with my the, my one true love ex girlfriend? She because that's yeah, that was the first so moment I became aware that that Diana knew who Camilla was. She's like your ex. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah. And yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> Good Charles. question. 
Why would you? Seriously. But I mean, again, I mean, it's just so he's just not mm-hmm. over her. He's just not, and yeah, they have not they've got something. Like, but I don't know. Yeah. But like Diana says in that interview in the 90s, like there were three people in the marriage, unfortunately. Yeah. They put that line to Princess Anne at an earlier episode, right? They, like she says, like, as long as she knows that there's always going to be three in that marriage or oh, something like that. I think you're right. Yeah, I think she does say that. But yeah, I remember Diana saying that. Um, But before we get to... Now, I'm not sure if I have the order correctly because I... Before we get to the lunch mm-hmm. or the luncheon, if it is, I don't, um, I wanted to talk about, there's a, a look, <laughs> um, Diana's wearing black pants and a white blouse with a black ribbon mm-hmm. when she's reading her mail for the first time. Do you guys remember this oh, look? Yeah. I think that, I, do. I really liked that. And sort of like cigarette pants, kind of capri. Mm-hmm. Her day, her loungewear is super cute, and I love like the the male the male lady pushing that big cart full of mail every day, which increases every day. Like, well, there's one day she gets like three carts. and gets less and less red. Yeah, and like the first time she comes, she's like, "Oh, hello, what is this?" Yeah. And then like the third scene of it, she like doesn't even say hello. Yeah. Um, but the scene before the luncheon at menage a trois if you notice the name of the restaurant oh i did was, not the no that's not what yes. it's called yes it is because i looked <laughs> i paid attention and because i heard the 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 um i don't know the person who opened the door he says welcome to menage a trois and i was like uh excuse me and i went back <laughs> uh, and it was me. on the door wow. or no it was in the subtitles welcome to menage a trois. and is that an actual restaurant in london i don't know <laughs> From the 80s? I don't know. We'll research it. We have to make notes of things we'll research. And then in the next episode, we'll say, here's what we found out about those references. But yes. But before well, it's that, funny just... that... Go ahead. It's funny then, too, because at some point, Camilla says, like, I don't mind sharing. Like, it's all starters and desserts and oh. no main, so you can have as much right. as you want. And, like, I don't mind sharing. Oh, my God. Hint, yeah. Hint. Yeah. Gross. But when so before that scene though is the is the scene the teaching scene with Granny and she says, and I guess this is why the curtsy scene still sticks with me because Granny says, she and I wrote it down. She says after the horrors we saw the other night, we have to you know do right. this intensive education because not only like if you if you could repeat the horrors of the other night, you'll not just be in trouble. You're dead. You're dead. I was like, wow, granny, really? Yeah. I'm dead. You know, but yeah. she described the other night, whatever happened beyond Horrific. in the wrong order. It was a, it was horror, at least according <laughs> to the screenwriters. But anyway, let's but, get to, but Minaj I also feel well. like the queen, the Royal family didn't take it as a horror, you know? Yeah. But, um, Okay, so well, they seem a lot less horrified by Diana than they are by Margaret Thatcher's like apparent, yes, like right? breach of protocol. <laughs> but they're also, oh I mean, gosh. they're yeah. it's it's strange though because they're they're at the palace, so they're they you know they're in formal wear, so and because she's now becoming a member of the family, like they're they're steeled against that. But it's almost like at Balmoral. I mean, it is the Balmoral test, so it, they're really like a little bit 
at ease, like maybe more so than they would be elsewhere. But it's also they're really letting it all hang out with that, you know, one dilly dally or whatever it was, yes. um, mm-hmm. just to just to maybe up the ante a little bit. Next time we're together, I want us to let's play, play that game. One, it seemed fun, one and you've got like the cork, the burnt cork. Patties. Yeah, we we, to... we need. Oh, to play is that this. what it is? I thought it was a stamp. Well, I'm not <laughs> sure what it was, but it's it was probably a burnt cork. Yeah, it was like a... didn't have like an ink. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, when we're in our um, our limousines, when we've decanted into our limousines, we can play this game. Yes, we'll play it when we decanted. <laughs> um, so, menage a trois. Okay, uh, okay, oh boy. That scene was rough. Yeah. And they're seated in the very center of the whole restaurant. Which yes. If, you think they'd put true, them in a private corner. No, I feel like they want to set it up as if Camilla is Camilla, this is a power play. This yeah. is Camilla pissing on her tree. She's like, no. Uh, do you think so? I didn't think I, it was that I, way. I thought she was really like, like hey, like no. she was. You know, she I was dropping too and... much inside information. And oh, I know the Gladys. About, oh, the lunch rule. And oh, you've got to learn your Fred rules. Why would you tell? Why would you Beyonce say Fred? Your pet name that you have yeah. for each other. That was very shitty. No, but in a way, I felt like it slipped out. I I'm, like I'm in between. And then she kind of pushed it. Yeah, I'm not. I feel like I'm bit. not. Sh- I'm in between you two. I'm not sure how much was. <laughs> in between. <laughs> I'm in between the menage a trois. Uh, <laughs> There's a third person in this call, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had moments of feeling like she was genuinely being friendly, and yeah, like she seems. Everything they've showed of her up. Episodes one, two, and three. Um, even though this lunch was iffy, but in a way, like there were scenes of this lunch where you're kind of like, she seems fun. She seems kind of funny, and like she seems like a good time gal. Her affect, her <laughs> Again, affect, is, like you want to take, you want to have lunch with her. Totally fun and friendly. Yeah. Yes, but I'm looking at the actual things that she's doing, and it is like I know all of this. You don't know anything about him. I know this, this, and this. We have like, oh, darling, it must have been the first thing you noticed. He doesn't eat lunch. Yeah. We noticed it. Yeah, that. (laughs) You and me, we noticed it while watching episode one, Diana. Right? Yes. (laughs) We know it. Made the point of, oh, you know, he never eats lunch. His family knows. (laughs) And he's doing intermittent fasting wrong, by the way, if that's what he's trying to do. Because, yeah, you can't, like, eat breakfast and then. Yep. Try to go well, like his 10 guru. Hours but well, but all of those little statements that she says, rather than necessarily seeming calculating to me, feel like it's it's just a wake up call for all of us of like, oh, he he has had like this is all of everything Camilla's saying is examples of what make a intimate relationship just little examples of things you know about someone little things you do together like that is what love is really right and a series uh, of inside jokes i mean kind of and he has none of that with diana nothing nothing at all like he doesn't even call her he's gone for six weeks weeks. how could you not call someone oh my god how did she not go running out of that palace like yeah. I mean, I'm kind of mad at her in a way of like, dude, get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry, Erica's yeah. mom. I just said fuck. <laughs> I, a hi to yeah. Erica's mom. Weeks upon weeks of being in, in that beautiful apartment and no call. And then also, so Camilla's sharing all of the the Fred information, but also she's telling her about all her dates with Charles. Now, what's that about? Yes, that that felt calculated to me, that part. It's like, oh, well, you did this, and then you did that, and then you did that. So you must know him. And she's like, oh. And she's like, oh, well, we talk every day. Yeah, see? Er No. This is all these things accumulated. I was like, no, bitch. Stop talking about all this personal info. But she's being honest, right? It's true. And then at the end when the check comes, she's like, I'm the senior of this party. I'll pay. Let's go Dutch. Did she just mean that she was older or did she mean that she has seniority over Donna? I mean, yeah, that whole thing was kind of, I mean, well, and it was also ultimately it ended up being, it was Camilla who invited her to lunch. So it is sort of like, well, I invited you, I'll pay. But yeah. Well, and there you go. And then, so when is this after, did Diana already have the first yeah, she had already had the bulimia, her first bulimia scene before this lunch, because then at, she, she I, then does it again after. Because when yeah. when Camilla says, "Oh, and you had this date," and you've only and she starts shoveling days, it in. All of, yeah, and she then was, it's like the sound engineers. I'm like, oh my god, sound engineers! Was all the plate scraping and like food sounds, and they're really get like the Emmy for sound. No, that she's like <laughs> gobbling everything up, and then she goes home and just. Yeah, but yeah, we've already seen her do that once. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at my notes and I I have written down this infuriating lunch explanation. (laughs) Yeah, everything looked really gross. Oh, it looks so gross. And like they started with dessert or something. Like the first thing that was served. I was confused by the restaurant itself. Yeah, the restaurant was confused. I was just as confused as Diana, of like, what would you order? Everything on their plate looked so strange, and, sh- and it was all—it was like, ugh. it all looked like it's all like creamy. Yeah, cream. It was like whipped cream, but not like good. ice like, creamy. W- yeah, like it didn't look good. That had been sitting for a long time. Yeah, like what were what were those desserts that were it in the refrigerator when she went down there? Oh, those looked good. Night? Those like looked something good. that was all set was like up pudding. for a party, and then nothing but American was covered. Pudding. Nothing was covered. Yeah. She just goes in and just with a spoon and just starts eating things. And again, the sound, they really want you to hear Ugh, the squishy sat food sound. But I mean, which... yeah, I mean, it's sad. I mean, so that was the disclaimer that we do get is the eating disorder disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they captured the, not to be go into too much detail. I mean, I've never made myself vomit, but you know, we've all vomited before. And you know how you like <laughs> you you're like breathless again, and your eyes are watering. Mom. Are you are you back? And you know how and it's over, you're like out of breath yeah. and your eyes are watering. I thought they did a good job of capturing that. It's not like yeah, it's pretty like traumatizing. Yeah, they made it look traumatizing. Um yeah. Sorry, I, think... I realized my mic was on mute because I basically oh. live in a uh, uh, were you trying to colonial get a... tenement, oh. and I was talking. And you were uh, trying, you were talking, and we were just talking over talking. you, ignoring you. <laughs> well, well, I, was like, oh, I just... started to wonder. I started banter, to banter, like, banter, uh, and then I was gosh. like, "Oh, I'm I'm muted." Because <laughs> um, my right, uh, what do we have to back I, up I live to, in to a, get your I live in a 
No, 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 that's that's fine. I just I live in a. So a you're muting when you're not with, speaking with, with very thin walls. <laughs> well, for our highly produced podcast, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, thanks. I'm just keep it on, just in case. I don't want you to miss anything that I say. Well, what were your comments on yeah. vomiting? Did it or... feel familiar to you, or the or the I, or the I bad out... looking food, the terrible looking weird food? I I totally agreed with the with the. Uh, <laughs> Just the nastiness, the squishy, nasty scrapiness of the oh, food. It was that really, plate really scraping when she was got when she got really mad. well done. Oh, scraping that plate. Yeah, I what I said earlier, which you didn't hear because I was muted, um, was that I would be very curious as to what the relationship was just at the outset between Camilla and Diana, if any, like what they thought of each other. You know, whether they did meet, like if they I did had like a little bit about, of a friendship, just something because I. I I was reminded, not that I ever gave it any thought, but um, in the the scene at Balmoral where Prince Philip kind of takes Diana under his wing and becomes a little bit of her kind of champion. But yeah, of course, at one point she was just, you know, not because, you know, because I I, I wasn't uh, um, cognizant of the relationship at the time when I was alive. But uh, I only ever knew, you know, this... contempt what is it not contemptual tempestual relationship between the crown and diana like this this constant like locking of of horns but basically at the outset of course she was just like their their new young fresh-faced daughter-in-law and that there was affection there and hopefully some kindness and just you know here's you know a new member joining our family that kind of thing and yeah at the outset you know knowing what we know now fine but it's also that onto it but we don't know what happened between camilla and diana or i don't know i'm sure someone knows camilla for one (laughs) (laughs) well i mean talking about the family again though it's this you know as the episode progresses we do see this combination of like we're you know it's at first we're embracing you as this new fresh-faced person in our family um and we like you but we don't care if you're in love or not and well it's you know it's like we don't care but we do care the, can we talk should we talk it, about the conversation that he has well first maybe the conversation that margaret has with the queen and philip and the queen princess mother margaret or thatcher yep, uh princess margaret oh. um let's, let's refer to um margaret sorry. thatcher as the iron lady yeah, or okay. as maggie <laughs> okay. um yeah because i for some reason i just always want to say margaret instead of princess margaret which is blasphemy but um you know when she says they're not in love and you know uh you guys already did this you did it to me and it sucked Mm. so can we please not do this again and then the queen is basically like well i'm not gonna say don't do this again but i will go have a conversation with charles and she has this conversation and then they turn to him and he's crying and and she's just like stone-faced i mean Mm -hmm. She acknowledges the because she says to him, no matter how wretched, no matter what wretchedness you feel, like she seemed, I thought, well, that's very um, descriptive and intuitive. Like, I acknowledge that you feel wretched right now, but duty, you know, that she gives him this whole story about Queen Mary and how her betrothed died and then they married her off yeah. to his younger brother because, and she did it for the duty and then you just try and try and try and try and after 40 years you yeah. might have something that looks like love so the end but Camilla... she was a great character by the way i thought in season one queen mary 
mm-hmm. you know, like constantly chain smoking and just like, and that scene where she bows to mm. queen, when Queen Elizabeth is suddenly mm. the queen and her mm-hmm. grandmother, like very fragilely, like, but very like, blatantly like goes down mm-hmm, to curtsy yeah. to her in that scene oh. where you were just like oh shit oh yeah, yeah the most amazing pardon me Erica's mom. life <laughs> <laughs> and maybe angela's mom too <laughs> gulp double gulp, gulp. miss charlotte pardon pardon our curses miss charlotte you know what and uh, miss eliana yes i i skipped a part that i wanted to talk about because in my notes oh we have to talk about the I... roller skating too yes is that what you're going back to because wait first tell dustin what your new hobby is because i don't think he knows i mean it's not new at this point (laughs) angela is a roller skating superstar that i love roller skating and before covid i had been roller skating every multiple times a week at uh there's a place nearby here in brooklyn called brooklyn skates it's it's not even a rink unfortunately there's no actual skating rink in new york city as criminal as that sounds but also but like kind of ch- cool because it's like underground and indie yeah there's but different i did take places. angela to a very suburban new jersey <laughs> uh roller rink and we yes. were like with a bunch of high school kids on a friday oh night it was gosh. so fun yeah it was really fun <laughs> So we, I find skating where I can, you know, and there actually there's an outdoor event tomorrow that I'm going to go to, I think. But um, yeah, I so I've there got used to be like skate. little roller po- parties, maybe or something in in Central Park, like people just like yeah, dancing and roller on, skating. It was great to see. Great Saturdays to see. or Sundays. Yeah, oh, I remember like it. stumbling upon those. Mm-hmm. So I wrote OMG roller skate scene. What does our resident queen skater think? Uh, so, Angela. Well, it looked, well, here are my thoughts. <laughs> okay, because I wrote them down. Because first, so she wakes up to this clock radio, which I can totally remember. And then yeah, I love that. she like sits at her writing desk. And, and then she has that ballet lesson. So when she was having that ballet lesson in that huge Yeah, and her posture is so bad. Floor, yeah, and it did nothing for her posture. As someone who's been doing virtual Zoom ballet classes. <laughs> you can attach. Belly button to that. spine, Diana. Oh, <laughs> be taller, lift, lift, lift more. Um, that Even before the ro- actual roller skates showed up, when she was doing ballet in that scene, I noticed that wooden floor, and I was like, oh, my God, that would be you wanted the to best on it? roller skating floor of life. Was, I was oh, that floor and that room. Imagine the room. I was thinking, like, instead room. of doing a, a Zoom ballet class in, like, the corner <laughs> of my basement of, oh, my God, yeah. can you imagine? It's basically like a, a studio. But yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> and so then right after that scene, here she is like strapping on her white roller skates. I had a pair of white boot roller skates at one point and putting on her Walkman. I couldn't understand why she was holding the Walkman. Like she Walkman clip clips. Mm-hmm. Is that not, did that not, was that not immediately mm. a part of the Walkman? Anyway, so she's holding the Walkman and she's roller skating on the carpet, which would I, be like, I noted the so carpet. Hard. I was like, carpet, so, come on. Yeah, her roller skating posture, it looked like it was hard work because, yeah, skating on a carpet would be impossible. Yeah, uh, she should have like gone back into her skiing. ballet room and just skated around that ballet yeah, room. Yeah, it is I weird mean, that they did the carpet. I love that. So I feel like whenever there are, that's Program. they played girls on film during that scene, right? Um, Is that what song they were playing? It's a really good song. 
Oh, I didn't write down the song. I was trying to write down all the songs. That sounds right and now that I'm hearing it in my head. Mm-hmm. But every time there is a drama where there's a whole montage of someone being bored, I mean, first of all, I'm always like, first of all, I'm always like, why don't people read? It's like, how can you just sit around and be bored when this place probably has a thousand books or you can probably Aww. order books that you Classic Ange response. Right? I mean, there's no reason to be bored. Or you've got all those letters that you can read. But she's bored, though, because she's like, what have skates. I gotten myself into? I mean, I, I could know, see I know, I there's know. like scenes of her. There's one in the bathroom and there's one of her just like in the bathtub and there's one of her just. So there's one of her in the bathroom where she's like hunched over and you just see like her backbone kind of. And I feel After like it's skating. so stark. But then there's yeah. one of her just sitting on like a, a bench that's at the foot of her bed, like basically just like sitting there, like looking at the floor. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was like, Ooh. I related to that, though. I was like, I feel like that's what I would be doing. If you're trapped. Yeah, yeah. because it's not like she can like go... If she wanted to like, go I wouldn't out be like, yeah, like she couldn't do that. browsing the library or the gardens, or I would just be like, "What is that? What do I do? What's happening? Oh my god!" Know. You know, like I thought it was. And you'd have those moments for sure. Yeah. But um, and then but, I mean, she... well, it was a cute. So it was kind of like a cute, a cute scene, scene, but it was a little bit like, okay, what was the point of that scene? Was the point of that scene like I'm trying? Or maybe I'm it trying was not she, to just go reminder, into the depths of a, despair. No, it was a reminder that she's a teenager, but she's a okay. Kid, I think. What do you think, Dustin? Are you on mute? Unmute yourself. No, I'm not on mute. <laughs> um, <laughs> not on mute. I, yeah, I mean, they drive it home that she's. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to make her out to be this kind of, you know, innocent, um, almost like. Not airheaded, but kind of like, you know, unformed, uh, not yet quite, you know, not fully formed. Well, also doesn't seem interested in becoming formed. Like, like going back to the picking out the ring thing. And she's just sort of like, I don't care about like, I'm not interested in learning about this. Yeah, it makes it seem like like she I mean, uh, this season definitely makes it seem like everyone is a victim like Prince mm. Philip is a victim, Prince Charles, Queen Elizabeth, Margaret, obviously. Like, and you always see the Queen Mother with a drink in her hand. Like, <laughs> and a mouse scuttering back. Here is and a with a simpering and... smile on her face. Well, Every do you time think? They cut to her. She... Yeah, she's just yeah, like, she's I'm along like for the ride. <laughs> Smiling like, for no reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I'm along for the like ride. It's lightly drunk. Everyone's just taking care of me. Yeah, but you think though. If everyone is shown sympathetically, then you would think that the royal family would be okay with it in a way. The actual royal family would be like um, okay with watching it. What, what's the <laughs> question? Or what, I was what, just, you were saying mean? how everyone is per- portrayed sympathetically. No, I said they're just being portrayed as victims. As victims, okay, but think, as as victims I don't think that in a necessarily means they're being well, victims. I think nobody's a villain. You see, uh, kind of well, both sides of the coin to, of every, of every person, right? Like there are definitely moments where you're like, the queen is of being a villain right now. Charles is being a villain right now, etc. But then you see, you know, and then you turn around and it's like Charles has tears in his eyes of this conversation, and you're like, okay, he's not like pure evil you can't be sitting here being like he's pure evil 
He's a person. Right. I mean, that, that that's not what I was saying, though. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that because everyone's portrayed as a victim that everyone is portrayed sympathetically or not as a villain. I think Prince Philip is by and large portrayed as a villain. He seems to have no redeeming qualities at all, um, which I don't think is fair. I think they're starting to portray Margaret Thatcher as this like dowdy old, you know, capitalist conservative. Certainly the way she talks the entire... I mean, if you... I, I, I've seen some documentaries and things on margaret thatcher and she had a very vibrant way of speaking actually it's just when she was older that she oh yeah spoke go back like to angela's mom Ms. Oh, Ms. the Mar lady charlotte Ms. Mar yeah. wait i thought your mom's name was marjorie no that's my middle name oh my mother's name is charlotte <laughs> my grandmother's charlotte. middle name is marjorie so marjorie's a anyway so we're getting My, off track. When so you, I when think you with, ask... With the, with, with the roller skating theme, I just think, uh, you know, she's being portrayed as a as a character with no, not, not only like motive, but like no motivation. Like she's just like a victim of circumstance and has been swept up in, in all of this. Um, and that I think is also, you know, unfair to her to, you know, make her seem like she's just like been corralled into the palace and then locked up. You don't think that's accurate? No, I don't think so. I don't think that that's accurate. What do you think is more accurate? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, but it doesn't show a fully fleshed out character. I mean, it doesn't show a person who's three-dimensional. I mean, by all accounts, the queen, you know, was not ready to assume the crown. And they give her, you know, good aspects to her character, bad aspects, and also aspects that are able to develop and change. I, I see no, like development arc for for the character of diana the way we know that there was one you know and, and they imply it a little bit with that totally fabricated scene of her first meeting charles or like they imply that they'd met at you know whatever sandringham or whatever when she was a child but they first meet in this hallway um and that according to her sister she had been you know obsessed with meeting him and if you if you take that because she did grow up I guess on one of the royal estates, then she would have very well known who Prince Charles was and probably been infatuated with him as any little girl would by a prince mm -hmm. living near her. Never mind that he's like 12 years old or anything like that, like mm -hmm. especially for that time, not so uncommon. But um, yeah. they, they don't show any of that. They just show like, you know, there was a seat, you know, there was a role to be filled and the role shall be played by diana you know mm -hmm. and she was just thrust into that and it makes it seem like she had no say no choice and that she fell in love with the man who was never present for her like he doesn't call her and things like that later and whether that's true or not i don't know but obviously it would have been seen that way perhaps from, from i should say perhaps from for a teenager you know when you're dating somebody who you really like they're around all the time but when you're dating basically a politician whether they're like a figurehead politician or not like he's busy he has a schedule and an itinerary and a job and a role to fulfill and to her that could seem like absenteeism or something like that but there doesn't seem to be any of that um like like why why did she get married like she was smitten with him because of a couple of hunched over smiles outside <laughs> Of Balmoral, or like he's I know, sitting in exactly. a car, or she's getting in a car, well, or he's like getting he said, out of a car. Like that's not why she fell in love with him. Hopefully, and if it 
if it is, then there must have been more to it in terms of her obsession. Or if there was more of a courtship, why don't we get to see that? Yeah. Maybe she thought that, uh, I mean, like you said, she certainly knew who he was. And like any teenage girl, she's going to fantasize about marrying the prince. And so it, when that opportunity was presented to her, she she went for it probably assuming not assuming that he was going to immediately leave her for six weeks locked in the palace and not even call her right. once and then send Which, her out to lunch we don't know if that's true ex- yeah who he talks to daily but yeah 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 that account so yeah. yeah just so just the way that it's portrayed here it does seem like if would it would feel like a bait and switch for her. Like, well, yeah. I thought I was about to start this romantic yeah. kind of fairy tale thing with the, my prince. And then immediately after we have this <laughs> press conference thing, he's like, okay, got to go to my Well, he even house, just starts walking to the side. Like, he just yeah, turns. He, he doesn't even say he goodbye. Is, like, She's like, where are you going? Yeah, like, he peels off. Stop to say where are you yeah. going. He would have just walked down the stairs yeah. and left. That was a little... Tweets. Right. Yeah. So much. I can. I feel like she probably feels like uh, this isn't what she signed up for exactly. I think there. I think again, like all of the what's there's a two sides of the foreshadowing in this instance, right? Like, um, like uh, Sarah pointed out, like the spiral staircase, and she's beginning to spiral, and like the involvement of Camilla, and like knowing what we know, you know, that they also later got married. Charles and Camilla, mm-hmm. like there's there's all this foreshadowing, and I think I think they're portraying Diana in a way so that it seems justified whatever's coming up, you know. But I think that that simplifies it. The other uh, simplifies what actually happened, you know, to these two human beings. Um, another aspect that I think is really interesting in terms of the foreshadowing is that everyone keeps alluding to the fact that Charles is going to be king someday yeah. <laughs> and like he's like 70 something yeah. years old and like still has not become king so all of those things all of those oh decisions were informed by him <laughs> per- oh well case in point him marrying camilla so even after they were um divorced you can you can and and she di- she divorced first i think and then he got divorced but and you could remarry in the anglican church but um you could not he would not be able to become king if he had gotten divorced and remarried. So if he had married Camilla, and they changed this law in the Anglican Church in the early 2000s, oh. so then and then they got married in whatever 2005, 2007. Yeah, I, it was 2005 because I was I looked it up. Um, look at me giving a fact. <laughs> look at you doing research. Good job. Um, <laughs> And I was like, "Wow, two this two they got married in two thousand five. That was not that long ago. I mean, yes, it was fifteen years ago, but, um, but like that was, yeah, they didn't like, get remarried into like, the twenty first century. Yeah, like yeah, and like well past her yeah, death. Even. Yeah, well past her death. In... Can I also just say, I just I mean, this is in terms of research, true story, true fact, coming at you live. <laughs> Diana, Princess of Wales, was thirty six years old when she died." Mm-hmm. 36 what? that's wild that, to me. that she's so like young. i i thought she was like 39 or like 41 because oh. she had two like you know large. i mean i guess i knew she say, was so young. but she started so early yeah. for me i was just mm-hmm. like 36 so like how I know old people was who are 36 she now who... 
Yeah, who are who, still like, like gone through anything. Who are still like <laughs> acting like sixteen year old Diana picking out yeah, a I'm not naming names. A, a ring. <laughs> um <laughs> How old was she when she got married? I think she was twenty. 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 Yeah. And then she had Prince William like the Yeah, year it's so young. It's like, like our grandparents' times. <laughs> it's yeah. like Alex's grandma was married and had her first child at twenty. Not mm-hmm. not like our parents it's like two generations removed times Mm -hmm. i feel like but she was just so young so she was 20 and he was 32 Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess so and how old is camilla is camilla like the same age as him no i think she's older than him right right right, she's i think she's like one or two years old right Mm -hmm. oh god you know it's like if they had just gotten if camilla and charles had just gotten married Mm -hmm. I feel like it would have been no, so no, been cool and it just would have been cool. Like she's this like older kind of cool woman. <laughs> like I just feel like, yeah. you know, she's smart and they, they love each other. It just could have been so good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she, uh, well, cause they have her smoking like incessantly in mm-hmm. the show. I wonder if she did smoke and if she still does. I'm, curious about I'm sure that. she smoked. I'm sure everybody smoked. Yeah, yeah I noticed true. the smoking, and I noticed in the Margaret during smokes. the lunch <laughs> mm-hmm. that Diana isn't smoking, and she is, and it's very noticeable. But then I also think it's very noticeable because nobody does that anymore. But mm-hmm. in a restaurant, but I, I did like notice Camilla's, that Diana was uh, Camilla's bangs. I like I like Camilla's hair. Yeah, I mean, well, she I has the like same her. hairstyle now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like, like her. I kind of like her. I feel like she seems cool. I. Like it's it's hard. Everything that happened is horrible, and <laughs> it's yes, m- totally it's messed up. Hard but, for her too, I'm sure. But, but yeah, I yeah, don't know. She's interesting. They all they had this other exchange that I wrote down about house versus palace. Like oh. that was when Diana tried to. That's what the Prince of Wales calls the palace. Yeah, she's like oh, they they all call yeah they it all call it the house. Yeah, yeah, that was a little bit of a snarky. Uh, so like I'm sorry, um, you don't know that. Yeah, but I, that to me sounded like Camilla was like commiser, commiseratingly like poking, just like a a well, fun well, finger at the like, family. Well, yeah, exactly. And I also feel like Camilla came into this luncheon being like, "Oh, well, you must know all of these things too. Like yeah, you know, they she, call I mean, it the then house. She gets like it, she slowly she starts know it and to she kind of. Yeah, they're hangs, both having their realizations. On, but... Yeah, yeah. Diana's yeah, realizing yeah. like so much that how much she is still in his life and mm. Camilla is realizing how little Diana actually is in his life. But yeah, I mean, mm. I think the proper thing to do for Camilla and maybe who knows, cause this, this was all fictionalized obviously. And it made good TV, but you sort of, if you sort of start slowly realizing like, Oh, she doesn't know any of this stuff. I would just start being like, okay, well tell me about you. Like just stop talking about it, you know? But of course she keeps going. But again, this is this was just a there's probably no evidence of this scene anywhere historically right who knows but i mean there's a way to know but (laughs) you know it's something that i think is interesting in terms of like historical accuracy and like just because you were saying it makes good tv there's um there's there's some things that have like notably been um left out And one of the things was, and this is before, I don't know, it must be around the same time because it was before, I think before 
Charles and Diana met. I want to say it was in the seventies. Um, but someone tried to kidnap Princess Anne. Do you know I about think that, that event? I've I've really put off um uh reading about the series at all because I hate spoilers, but I feel like I saw yeah. something about that being a later episode in this season. So has that not yet oh, happened? Oh. Well, well, I, but you're saying I, it happened in the 70s? I accidentally watched to like episode four or maybe five and a half. Um, I, I thought it would, I was, Angela, I was telling Sarah, like I, because uh, I'm an old man, I thought, um, you know, an episode is released every week, like a normal television show. And <laughs> so Netflix, thought he was I like that you, that you said, yeah, I was trying to catch up to you both. Um, mm-hmm. And that you said, you know, you watch the credits and I find it, it's so hard to click on the, it's so hard, but it is hard to like click on the credits quickly before they run into oh, it the It makes next me so episode. mad. I hate it. It's mm-hmm. horrible that you can't and change I'm that so setting. offended every. And that pop-up preview, it just drives me crazy. And every time it's like, um, skip, skip opening. I get, I I'm like, oh my gosh. How the dare you even suggest it? Yeah. Who is skipping the opening? I love that they're just, opening. They're so how beautiful, it builds. Beautifully and done. Build the music. The and... is like, yes. But I mean, so this. I mean, and you need that break they... to like take in that cold open scene because mm-hmm. it's always good. And then you're like, okay, what's going on? Need... Yeah. yeah. Who's skipping the openings? Sale. I don't People know. This opener, are, it shouldn't this even so be an option. Done. That should be a crime. Drawn and quartered. Let's bring it there, back. There are other, uh, like on Amazon, I, I feel like uh, original programs on Amazon don't drop a whole season like they do on Netflix. Netflix always oh, okay. gives you so like an entire season. But yeah, yeah I feel like it used to just be Netflix. But although Great British Bake Off was week by week and that's on Netflix, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Well, not... anyway, yeah. <laughs> unless they do a flashback for this episode of the kidnapping of, or the attempted kidnapping of Princess Anne, I was just thinking like, Why it's odd to me that there, well, there's just some things that are like really, you know, like you, you know, that, that like truth is stranger than fiction kind of thing. Like you don't really need to make up that much. Like Princess Alice, like, like Prince Philip's mother, like all of that being true, you know, that she was in an asylum and she became a nun and they had to get yeah. her out of Greece and stuff like you don't need to make I well like with um Churchill and his secretary or his assistant or whatever who gets hit by the bus during the Great London fog. what was it smog or yeah. whatever Great Great whatever London fog is, yeah, yeah. yeah she's was... she's not real but I I um, get like in terms of like trying to like find a character that you can kind of empathize with and pivot that story around and it's long enough ago that you know we need some kind of entree can't just be Churchill sitting at home like writing letters or whatever that doesn't make for exciting television but princess anne's kidnapping was like kind of amazing yeah this guy tried to kidnap her and like well oh yeah we're not sure if it is but i guess it would have to be it might be because okay okay maybe which let's put a pin in that okay we'll put a pin in it but if you if there isn't an episode i highly recommend i just remember one of her retorts to the kidnapper was like (laughs) something like like hell, I'm going with yeah. you. <laughs> like something like really <laughs> like ex- like I don't think so. So Anne, <laughs> classic Anne, my girl. Yeah, just like <laughs> I love she's her. She's great. In life. Just love her. She's great. That actress is really good. I yes. like her. She plays that she's character with a good. lot of she has such a depth and insight. Dialect. I love her. Yeah, she's her yeah her like, way of speaking. Her, yeah, me too. Me so too. snobby. Oh, yeah. one last thing about the lunch and looking at the um. The subtitling when she says, um, 
when, of course, know-it-all Camilla is talking about <laughs> his uh, house and, you know, asking Diana if she's been there. And she's like, oh, yes, I would love to zhuzh it up. Yeah, zhuzh. And they actually spell yeah. zhuzh I had the subtitles in the you. subtitles, yeah. which I appreciated. I'd love Z-H- to zhuzh it up? Yeah, zhuzh yes. it up. Who Z-H- says that? Diana says that. Yes, she says she's going to zhuzh it up with yeah. some oranges, some yellows, some greens. I'd like to yeah. zhuzh it up. I thought yeah. that was like a Yiddish term of like the naughties. I don't know. We'll have it to does, look for the etymology yeah. of zhuzh. It does sound Yiddish. Well, I was all wrong. But zhuzh means... So. <laughs> yeah, zhuzh uh, means like make it fancier, make it better. Yeah, Yeah, but like I thought it was like fake a, French. A I feel like it's a fake French word. Yeah. It does sound Yiddish bourgeois it up bourgeois it up i was I actually it was like a little surprised I, yeah i was a little surprised by zhuzh, her saying so zhuzh. how do you spell it zhuzh? they spelled it z-h-u-z-h zhuzh. it's zhuzh. like the if how do you spell the abbreviation of usual Yeesh. Right, we had this whole debate, like as per use, when we want to spell it in a text. Yeah. How do we? Spe- I think I do spell it U Z H or something like that. As Yeesh. per use. So now we know. Zhuzh. 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 Russian. Um, do we want to talk about any more looks? So we mentioned uh, the. Um... We only got to the roller skating too. If there was something else you wanted to. Talk about. So I went a little out of, of order, recap. and yeah, I think kind because of went... in my notes. Well, we I haven't talked about the, the wedding. Word... I mean, no, the wedding preps and the and then well, her walking down that aisle, girl. I just have that uh, I loved when she stormed into the secretary's office, and that secretary of the secretary was tapping on that super old computer. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. seeing that computer with those green, with that black screen and those green yeah. letters, and the sound of that '80s computer keyboard yes. was just like so nostalgic. Yes, I loved it. She was just like quackety quack. And she was like in the zone. She was doing her work. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) taking that dictation. Because that's all that thing could do. It was basically just. Yeah, I was like, what is she even doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he also. Oh, but when she sees that. Gladys and Fred. F and G bracelet (gasps) design. Because she thinks that he's flying back tomorrow. And then the secretary is like, he was always flying Mm -hmm. back today. But in fact, he flew back today Mm -hmm. and he went to stay Mm -hmm. the night with Camilla. So he probably did tell Diana Mm -hmm. he was going to be back Tuesday when he was actually going to be back Monday. Yeah, he totally lied. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Michael, so so we only see the scene that we see is Camilla smoking in the shadows and mm-hmm. Charles leaving and then going straight to the church for the rehearsal. And then Diana confronts him and his response is just sort of like, oh, he's sort of like, oh, oh, don't worry. I was telling her it's all over. Like he kind of poo-poos her, but and in a way, but also is sort of like, oh, we're, like he's not saying like, oh, relax, you're overreacting. He's just like, oh, no, what I'm about to say is it's reassuring, right? Right. And, like, it's and yet she storm and she storms off. But also, mm-hmm. so I mean, as the viewer, I I was left being like, do I believe him? And does she believe him? You know, I mean, you know, obviously we know that he doesn't stop the relationship, but did he intend to? And you know, is that scene because I don't know. 
when you first see that scene of her smoking a cigarette and him leaving, honestly, you kind of think, I felt, yes, she's like in the shadows and it's not like she's in the bedroom or something, but it did seem a little like sultry, sexy, like we just had this rendezvous. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem like she was, but you can kind of then take it either way. Like, it was it like sort of a, you know, after sex cigarette or was it a... I'm really upset and kind of crying because this is over and I'm having a cigarette to deal with it. It and so it looked to me like an after break on the rewatch. It looked to me like an after breakup that wasn't going to really hold, but an after break because the way he was looking all forlornly, I mean, he looks the same way all the time, but the way he was looking all forlorn (laughs) Forlorn all the time. (laughs) Yes. ER, the way he was given full ER in the car. (laughs) <laughs> and she's smoking, looking very sad. So I, I felt like he gave a plausible response. And did you notice that Princess Anne, not Anne, Margaret, Margaret. noticed? Like when they, yes. when Diana Well, and that's them, why she brings it up Margaret later. Who perks up like a yeah. cat, like. And then they go back into the little chamber thing and have it out. Yeah, and like, I mean, here's a signet ring. Yeah, but then she just walks away, like she's like, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. And then to the... Dustin, are you cinem- still there? Yeah, I'm still okay. here. <laughs> so the cinematography, the way that that whole thing is framed, so she walks off and then he's standing in his slightly hunched over way in the center of that, those beautiful kind of... Um, what era is that? That's... that's um, Abbey. What's the yes? What's the yes? Westminster. Thank you. That's the um. So he's standing in the center of that frame. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then they cut right from his back in that frame to then Diana's back at the other end of the aisle, doing her rehearsal walk with her fake train. Oh, the fake train! I love the fake train. Just like the weight of it, like Mm -hmm. the chains of it. Sort of, right. yeah. Like yeah. you have to carry around this mm-hmm. train. drag this tradition behind you yeah. for the rest of your life. So start practicing. That. Yeah. So I love the framing of it. But um, do so. Do you guys? I mean, do you believe people, Charles? And do you believe? And do you? And what do you think of Diana storming off? She probably did not believe it, mm-hmm. but then she still went through with the rehearsal and everything. I mean, I kind of thought I, I kind of thought in that scene that she was going to go, oh, okay, and I was proud of her for not because even mm-hmm. whether it's true or not, he still didn't mm-hmm. call her for six weeks. He left her yeah. in this palace with, you know, his mother wouldn't even speak to her. You know, all this stuff. Even if that story is true, she should still be pissed off. I'm and torn she should still because not I feel be like it's him. really, I just feel like it's really muddied, you know, like, because if I was looking at just the television show, like, based on his behavior, um, and based, like, if they're, and if, it, if we're not talking real characters, like real people, we're just talking television characters, and we're talking, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, then I felt like she should forgive him. Like, he, he gave, she asked for an explanation. He gave an explanation and, you know, it seemed like she was like, I'm not buying it. And the only reason I thought you might not buy it is because you know what's to come. Namely that, you know, it wasn't the end of uh, his feelings for her or things like that. I thought it was a little odd and 
and unfair. Well, but I'm, I'm not but buying I think the whole this... six weeks no phone call thing. That to me, like in terms of the reality of it, I I find that very hard to believe that, you know, she was just couldn't get the queen on the phone. Like she couldn't have friends around. Apparently, where's her family? Like where's her All sister? Where's her mean mother? grandmother? Where's her father? Like well, they think that why, she's being tutored. She... She's she's being. Uh... But it's we like the one that, they don't they don't show her family trying to reach her. They don't show her trying to reach her family or her girlfriends or you know. And the one thing. family like, member that she's she has just, again like drifting is mean to her and yeah, not showing her just, any love. I'm not I'm not buying it. And binding her arms down. Oh so yeah, that, that was, that was intense. Began. I, I even before she tied her arms down, I thought, why is she gesturing so wildly? Like she doesn't <laughs> do. She never did that at any other point. So I thought that for all their other foreshadowing, they did not build this like wild hand gesturing yeah. as part of her natural communication well, style and then suddenly her hands are going everywhere and now oh here's a rope that I'm you know this is what we used to do to the to the girls but maybe if you look at down. footage of her like she's never moving her arms mm -hmm. and that's because of like she was told never to move her arms yeah. mm -hmm. maybe maybe somebody did tie her arms or right, I mean there is that there's before that, that there was oh she, right, right before right. that no she, yeah, like, she was like wildly like, like the interview where she's <laughs> yeah well, one yeah, should never true. try to show one's emotions. True story. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know if, if our um, segment of the snobbiest. Well, I guess it could. Can we can we try to vote for the snobbiest? Um, person? I'm just a guest, so I'll snobbiest person of this episode. Vote snobbiest. Biggest snob of the episode. Yeah, biggest snob. Mm, maybe it has to go to Granny. I think. <laughs> poor, Ugh, granny. poor Granny. Might I might. Rest. I'm kind of leaning towards. Well, I have two ideas for it. Mm -hmm. Either the Queen herself, mm -hmm. or Charles's secretary. Mm. I mean that scene where, when she says, "Who is the bracelet for?" and she's suddenly like. Oh, he's been making me a bracelet all this like she's like about to forgive him and he just gives her mm -hmm. this like look and his like yeah. lips Ugh. go up like a tiny bit mm -hmm. and then lets her look at the yeah. F and G I didn't think he was being snooty there I think he knew you know he knows his job and he knows his place and he's just like like I don't know what to tell you and it's yeah. not my place to yes. tell you but like put it's it it's not together, his fault so maybe the, so maybe in so yeah so actually it Maybe this isn't snooty, but the the fault lands to Charles there, really, because he works for him. Yeah, if he just didn't, I feel like his explanation in Westminster could have could have uh, been successful if she didn't know that he made a freaking bracelet <laughs> for her with their play name initials on it. I just think oh, that oh, that is just. Yeah, well, and also he's like, it was a farewell bracelet. It's like, well, that's pretty romantic. A souvenir. That's pretty. Yeah, that's a, a pretty souvenir. romantic. Yeah. Of your trip to Disney World. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, snob of the episode for me is going to be the granny. granny. The Even granny. though she was doing it for, you know, she was tasked with doing that. It was her job. She was doing her DUT, but nonetheless, it's fine. 
Um, were so, there any other looks we wanted to talk about? Well, the final scene, it wasn't right. a look on a, an outfit, but it was the Diana's dressing table. Oh, that beautiful <laughs> bedroom and the way that the dressing table was like this beautiful little table and it had this tri tri whatever trifold mirror and then there's a big huge tall mirror behind that and then the two windows on either side i just love the whole setup of that i love a dressing table and then when everyone was getting dressed that morning for the wedding did you notice how it was just like horror music like the strings it was like strings like oh, oh, oh. So it was just like straight up oh yeah horror that's music. Right. And it was like, just building and building some... it was like it was absolute horror music that was building as everyone was having their dressers dress them and then you get that beautiful framing of diana of the back of that iconic legendary gown and I wish it had stopped there. I wish the episode had cut there, but then it had to cut one more time to Charles Eeyore, and then that was the final moment. I was yeah, I was really my, annoyed by that. I didn't write it write down notes about it, but in my head what I see as the last scene was the image of Diana. Yeah, it yeah. should have stopped there. No, it wasn't. It was your brain fixed it the way it should yeah. have been. Yes. But I saw that it was Charles. I was like, please cut it here and no no they have to go back to him looking super sad but I, no. i'm not sure if this happened yeah. in this episode but one i'm not a fashion aficionado as you know having lost my tuxedo who loses a tuxedo uh, who, um, indeed you what, what a party what not a that party i can fit yeah, i know really uh, <laughs> i switched from my tuxedo to my birthday suit um but oh. the only item the item of clothing that she more on that in another uh podcast <laughs> after hours um entitled the fall um uh, the one item of clothing that I associate with Diana is that sweater that she wore that has a black sheep on it. It's like all white sheep, and then yes. there's one black sheep on oh. it, and it was like a scandal. And what I, scene I've, was that? Well, it was I've such a cute her... sweater. How did I miss that? She had. It was so such many a short sweaters. scene and such a cute yeah, sweater. She, so I think oh. she. <laughs> it didn't match <laughs> up. I to say the biggest scene. snob goes to the showrunner for not having featured the sweater more. <laughs> Right. Um, but she's just kind of wearing it like as because because she wore it like in some like very public place and people were like speculating that she's like I'm the black sheep or whatever. But in this, at least if, if you've already seen it, it means it was already in the first one of the first. Yeah, three it episodes. was in this. But she's just like wearing one, yeah. it like like whatever. She's in her room by herself. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's not. Um, Whoa, it seems that? like a waste of a cute sweater. Like you're wearing. <laughs> Why aren't you wearing this when you're out and about? Well, Nobody's maybe it's for this. people. But maybe it was just like a sweater that she like wore on occasion. Yeah. So she wore well, it at home. We talked she about. Wore it out. Maybe she'll wear it again. We talked what about the Melania sweater. Trump wear at Ugh. at some event. Ugh. Like some one of her sweaters said like. It was a jacket. Like, it was a, I don't. I don't, I don't do Christmas or something. No, it was, <laughs> it was I like, don't no. really care. <laughs> Do I don't you? Really I don't care about do children. You? Yeah, yeah, it was a jacket, <laughs> and she wore it when yeah. going to visit the, the fucking. Oh right, the children yeah. incarcerated it's, or something yeah. at the, yeah. the border or Let's, something. We can't talk about Melania like, and, and Diana in the same sentence. And you can't say yeah. she didn't know. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it gives me like a pit in my stomach. Um, I don't want to go there. Let's, but back to the we sweater. We went there and we're coming all right back. <laughs> I don't right want to have a, a throwing up feeling like Diana. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, Angela and I did talk about last episode the sweater she wears when she's leaving um, the castle. Uh, wow. No, it's when she's leaving, right? Yeah, not when she's mm-hmm. coming back from the hunt. Um, and how great it is. And doesn't that also have like little deer on it? Is that it had deer animals? on it. It's, yeah. I felt like that sweater was very similar to this little dog sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't get as big of a scene. Mm. And it's a great well, that sweater. That is too bad. Well, I have to go back and, and find that scene. But maybe she'll wear it again because I do appreciate yeah. on these shows when they oh, I love that. have to repeat something. I mean, especially the casual things. But there was one fashion moment that was, I don't know if it was intended, it wasn't intended to be a fashion moment, but it was the second scene where she goes in to dance Mm-hmm. in the ballet room mm-hmm. but the way the scene opens is from this butt shot of her mm-hmm. in the ballet outfit mm-hmm. oh yeah the scene her it looked amazing her butt looked amazing in that leotard and that she does look pinches. really cute in the leotard yeah. in the little skirt and her really long legs and wearing the tights and and how she's not wearing a bra and her like little boobs right yeah, so she's that was kind of so ridiculous, cute. right? The whole like opening with that like under the butt. It was like someone was on the floor <laughs> underneath her butt cheeks. I'm serious. And then and then you get the front shot where it's like, yeah, nips poking out and stuff. So and then she's dancing all wildly around the room and crying and dance crying and cry dancing. Yeah. So those that was the fashion moment for me. And of course, the, the little glimpse of the gown. And I hope that we get to see more of it in episode four. I'm a, yeah, I'm assuming four is going to go right. Which which gown beautiful. are you referring to? Just the like wedding, wedding gown. gown. <laughs> the wedding gown. Well, what other gown is there? Sir? Oh, escuchen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the me. gown. The <laughs> absolute gown of gowns. And you... You want to see more of it at the wedding. Yes, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Because season mm-hmm. episode three ended with everyone leaving the, rehearsal, the house. Right. No leaving that morning of. And it was a sunny oh, right. day. Maybe That's it was right. like a rare sunny day. And I do remember getting up at five, whatever it was, four o'clock in the morning in Cleveland as a little mm-hmm. 10-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Wait, was I 10 or 11? What Bless. year? This was in 1980? 81? 81. Okay, yeah, I was I was 11. And my mother, yeah, my mother and I got up to watch it. As then, nice. many years later, I got up at four in the morning to watch Meghan Markle. Yeah. Prince Harry. No. William and Kate first. Did I get up to watch or it? Or maybe, maybe she didn't get up to watch it. You didn't uh, get up maybe, for that? I, That's the better I, one. I, I didn't get up that. for, I didn't get up uh, for Meghan and Harry, but Dustin and I got up, Dustin slept over actually for William and Kate. Maybe Very I fond did. memory of that. I don't remember. And it was like three in the morning. I felt it was like really crazy mm. time. <laughs> they were very inconsiderate about their wedding yes, time they're American. that year. And, but it was worth it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Maybe I did. Yeah, but I, I didn't watch did. Harry. I, did watch I didn't that. watch Harry and Meghan. Oh, you didn't? I don't know. So I wasn't. Okay. I the first care. guest. Who, who was the first guest to show up? You will appreciate and John Obama. Um, no, Oprah. Okay, close. Obama's close to Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Oprah was first. She was like, "I'm getting my seat. 
My seat is right up here, and I am here, and I am number. I am the number one guest. Do you think the royal family was being like super disparaging behind her back? Like, oh my god, here comes she's the American. First. She's on time. Can you imagine? And she's walking alone without a male uh, to her left. Right. Oh, so gauche. <laughs> her big old hat on her big old head. She had the biggest hat in the room. Well, so, okay. and yes, everyone's, oh, the, what about the wedding fashions? I know Margaret was in this whole peach situation, this whole <laughs> peach confection, head to toe. Even her eyeshadow, her eyeshadow was also peach. And it was a big old, and the waist was very high. Ugh, it was not, ugh, yeah. it, was, it was not early 80s. It was like early 70s. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then my MOB, I mean, MO, MOG, Mother of the Groom was in blue naturally and then what was that moment between the queen and philip like they were both yeah. dressed and ready and then he like they stand there and then he walks off and then she looks very mm-hmm. dejected what was that yeah you're right i'm having a little flashback of it and it did feel oh her like... door was open and he was like is this an invitation she's like not that kind and she's always like moisturizing her hands <laughs> that scene is that no, the one you mean? it was the morning. Oh. They were all oh. dressed, so there was the horror music that was. Okay, <laughs> okay I'm with you. She just gets on her like dowdy dress. She puts on her dowdy shoes and her dowdy gloves <laughs> and gets her handbag, and then he's all in all of his ribbons and belts yeah. and everything. They and have then like they, a they're look. standing across the hall from each other, and then he just turns to the side and walks off and then she yeah. just looks really sad does he think she shouldn't he shouldn't be marrying her i don't know you know because while no, i was thinking made... about yeah he made the comment of like you you get to love as he was like coming from a man's point of view he will fall in love with her as she gets older she gets more beautiful um and she said the same apropos a man's point of view. well i think why he was we... just saying because it was three women talking about it and he was like well here's my perspective like i think it was just saying like I'm the only man in this conversation, so I didn't read too much into it. But but what I do what I have thought about is from season one of The Crown, the, you know, they do show the Queen and Philip really falling in love and their honeymoon and all of like they you do see they do love each other. Yeah. And from we, the beginning. Yeah, from the because beginning. And they it's, had to convince the family to accept yeah. him. And it's but it's very sweet and and really see, seems genuine and and then yeah to see like none of that with Charles and you know obviously they they have their their ups and downs and their bumps and all that and who knows if they would have stayed together if they weren't royalty and it wasn't the time that it was but, yeah. but still it started with something yeah that everybody else just marry someone you don't yeah. love or do you right exactly when, when they, they, they married with love match. yeah 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 exactly but in a way you'd also think that they'd understand how you know painfully awful that must you know could you imagine if we had to get married and we weren't in love you know like you'd think they'd have that empathy of because they were in love, like seeing the the horror of mm-hmm. getting married when you're not in love. But and then that moment, when... whatever. But only means. Princess Margaret sees has the empathy for the horror of that. Yeah, and Queen Mum, because that's the scene. So when Philip says, "Oh, she'll grow into a mature 
beautiful woman and you'll love her. And then that's when Anne says, as long as he knows, she knows there's three people. And then Queen Mom is like, well, that's how it is. That's how it's always been. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that was the well, one she's time right, that she though. wasn't I mean, like smiling. Right. Yeah, it's one of the times where she. simpering way. She's like, well, that's how it is. And that's how it's always been. Yeah. That your man's going to cheat on you. So just yeah. get over it. Yeah. Well, he's going to cheat on you also because I think the the presumption wasn't that you always get married for love, that you get married for um, partnership, you know, moving up socially, bringing families together. Like, I don't think there was always this notion that you um, get married because it's like your childhood sweetheart or someone that you fell in love with. Like you get married Mm -hmm. because it's an informed partnership. And sometimes it's more partnership than love, but like, you know, and that's why I think like the culture of mistresses was so, readily accepted you know like well just it's because going you're back married doesn't mean going back can't... to the title of fairy tale i mean the fairy tale story is right. you get married for love and that again brings me back to where i think this show is like doing disjust uh, an injustice to its characters and even to its viewers because there's things that can be learned from looking you know there's that the the tr- the kind of trope of the musical into the woods is like the first act is the fairy tales and then the second act is what happens after happily ever after and i think that could be a way that would really have informed this show you know that that even those fairy tales those modern day fairy tales these narratives that young uh people follow nowadays are complicated and you know there's emotions involved but there's politics involved there's business involved and also people change, you know, you fall in and out of love, bodies change, your desires, your motivations change. You can be innocent one day, you can be smart and calculating the next day. There's there's all of those things and you don't have to be like Madame de Pompadour for that. You can just be, you know, a regular a regular Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the human experience so interesting and to portray these characters increasingly in this two-dimensional way, I think gives them short shrift but also there's less and less that you can learn from it because they are being turned into heroes and villains or martyrs Mm -hmm. if you will and like Mm -hmm. that's just not it's not it's not so interesting to me well i don't know but it is beautiful to watch i don't know if i feel that yet that's okay (laughs) yeah and there's the voice maybe you maybe you'll never feel it that's okay yeah i mean at this point like we were saying i feel like there's you see this you can see a sympathetic side to each character i do think you're right with that there could be more dimension with especially the diana uh side of the story um like with you know if she wasn't if she really wasn't having contact with anyone from the outside world for six weeks why not um yeah and more of yeah like her life but I don't I don't necessarily think that they're villains and martyrs at this point. Well, we'll see. Right. I mean, this we'll is see. only but, three I mean, also, episodes. We, yeah, and we, we're three, three seasons in, and, like, everybody's backstory has been worked on for <laughs> three seasons, and now we're, like, you're, you know, they're, like, speeding through Diana, and obviously she's not a royal, so... You know, she's she's we only get her story as she enters into the limelight, whereas all of the others have been in the limelight from the moment they were born. But I think Mm -hmm. it would have been nice if they'd taken their time a little bit more, considering 
she's still a very recognizable figure. Like tell somebody like, I don't know, Edward VII, and they don't know who that is. But everyone knows well, who Lady Diana is, and they're just speeding through her story. Well, speaking of not knowing who people unfair. are, I keep so the Queen had four children, right? Yes. And so we really only know about Charles and Anne. Who are the other two? Well, Andrew? we know about Andrew. But where is he? He hasn't been and, in any of the yeah, episodes. No other children have uh, been in the like, episodes yet. In the fan, like in their Balmoral. I mean, maybe he's been. He hasn't had. There's any always lines. in the Balmoral episode. There was always. They're sort of the people in the background that they never focused on, but you're like, oh, they're just part of the family. So I kind of assumed mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it's the other two kids and like their family. But who's well, the I can fourth tell you, one? Edward. Edward. Yeah. Andrew is the one who married Sarah Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also implicated in the um, what's his name that monster yes, who killed gross. himself in prison jeffrey epstein he's implicated yes. there and also all, all kinds of time he's like i think he was always considered like kind of like a like a sweet kind of guy like he you know he wasn't charles he wasn't Anne. like he was like third in line so like who cares and he had a little bit more freedom uh and then there's edward who i don't know anything about but having already gone ahead in watching i can tell you that they appear okay mm. but we uh, don't know anything about them well, we know that. I mean, I, I feel mean, like it's similar to her, Diana. Their in a births. Way. Yeah, but yeah, they're not in the in the spotlight so much. <clears throat> well, maybe the series is just focusing on who is directly in line for the crown, the crown. Mm. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. Well, and they're the more on, dramatic yeah. lives, and Princess Anne. I mean, I think we know a lot less about than we know about Prince Charles, obviously. Hmm. Um, then there's that there is that voiceover at the in the last scene when the horror music is playing. I guess it's the someone who's doing a an officiant at the wedding who was saying those things about you know the fairy tale usually ends. Yeah, yeah, he said at the wedding. It's the end of the story, but really the wedding is the beginning of the adventure. Yeah, so we get a little bit of that and and by via voiceover, which is appreciated. And um, yeah, there we go. Okay. So. All right. Um. Yeah. Great episode. Looking forward to. I'm all riled up. I read to watch the next one. I know it's eleven o'clock, but I'm like, I'm not going to bed. I'm going to watch episode four (laughs) with my notebook. I think I might. I'm not tired. Yes, I usually watch it once. Just yeah, I watch it. I have twice. Yeah. And then I watch it again with my notes. Same. Okay. So, well, if I'm going to be invited back, I promise I'll behave myself. But you can just uh, let me know. I'll be waiting by the phone, <laughs> by my old-fashioned backlight phone that isn't. Plugged I hope into you the had wall. fun. <laughs> yeah, I did have fun. It was. Good. It was. It was nice to just uh, chat. I wish we were in the same place. I know. Um, and I'm also like just waking up, and I'm about yes. to go to. <laughs> A, yeah, a you're about to start your day. Going We're to about bed. To yeah. bed. Oh it's my god. Son. Are you going to have some like goopy cream? <laughs> I will have two orders of the goopy I'll have loud, what I'll have the same cream, please. And I'll have the same. <laughs> oh, same. It's so having. nice not to have to choose. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. clears throat> Is it offensive to say I'll have the same like 
I always say I'll have the same. I usually don't care. Like, I mean, if I'm at a restaurant where everything looks tasty. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think uh, some people are offended if you order the same because they kind of want to know, like, I ordered the lobster. Mm-hmm. You should order something else. So and we let's can see, see if that's good too. Is, who wins. Yeah. Opposed, like, we both got bad food or we for both got good food. But we don't, yeah, for research purposes. <laughs> so I feel like I don't do it. But if I'm around people that I, I think feel I... comfortable with who have good taste, I'm like, sure, that sounds great. Yeah, I think I'll do it if it's yeah. genuine or if I really just don't know what to order. <laughs> or if that's really what I want. Like, yeah, exactly. Steak, that's what I mean. I also really want to stay. Yeah, I'm not going to so, pretend I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's why I like family style restaurants. What does that mean? Like, I feel like I usually do it with Chinese or Indian where you order a bunch of things and you all share. Oh, I see. I see. So you're all having family the same. Style. My family does not share. <laughs> like if a big volumes. platter comes out of rigatoni, you're just like, this is mine. This is mine. I don't know. Yeah, family style in my family would mean like separate tables in separate rooms. <laughs> and everyone starts at different times and then goes about their lives. <laughs> family style. <laughs> all right. I'm going to press the space bar and end our recording, but no one hang up. So well, thank you so much. This concludes me. episode two of the Cran. Oh, and I feel like I didn't get to. I wanted to give our Cran um, title credit where credits due. So this all the the idea came from Ariel uh, Dumas, uh, one of her face uh, TikTok posts um, about how to pronounce the crown as a royal and. She says to pronounce it as if it was spelled C-R-A-N. The Cran. And we all love it. And we laughed and laughed. And you should go watch it because it's great. (laughs) The Cran. The Cran. The Cran.